This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eutelsat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Cristina Matesco with the news. First, the headlines. EU interior ministers are today deciding on the enlargement of the free movement Schengen area to include Romania, Bulgaria and Croatia. The number of Ukrainians fleeing from war into neighboring Romania passes 3 million. And the Romanian men's handball champions Dinamo Bucharest are facing the Croatian side RK Zagreb in a Champions League match. EU interior ministers are today meeting in Brussels to vote on the enlargement of the free movement Schengen area to include Romania, Bulgaria and Croatia. While Croatia's admission is all but certain, that of Romania and Bulgaria is opposed by Austria, who fears an increase in illegal migration. Austria's Conservative Chancellor Karl Nehammer proposed a new accession calendar for the two countries for next spring. Romanian Prime Minister Nicolae Ciucă had telephone talks with his Austrian counterpart, reiterating that Romania fulfills all Schengen requirements and enjoyed the support of all the other EU member states. Austrian politicians from the Social Democratic and Liberal opposition, as well as from among the ruling People's Party, have criticized the position of their government vis-à-vis Romania's Schengen accession. The Austrian People's Party politician and vice-president of the European Parliament, Otmar Karas, said blocking the Schengen entry will not result in a lower number of asylum applications and is not directly related to this issue. He said mixing the two issues is irresponsible and inexplicable. The Justice and Home Affairs Council is expected to announce the result of the vote on Schengen's enlargement later today. The Romanian border police said almost 65,500 people crossed the border into Romania on Wednesday, including more than 7,300 Ukrainians, down 1.2% compared with the previous day. Since the 10th of February 2022, two weeks before the Russian army invaded Ukraine, more than 3 million Ukrainians have crossed the border into neighboring Romania. Most of them have continued their journey to countries in Western Europe, but over 80,000 have chosen to stay, according to official figures. Romanian farmers will benefit from around 16 billion euros under the Strategic Plan for 2023-2027, to approved on Wednesday by the European Commission. Some 10 billion euros account for direct payments and sectoral interventions, while 6 billion will be allocated to rural development. 
Romania's Agriculture Minister Petra Daya said the plan also includes an instrument to support farmers who suffered losses as a result of natural disasters, with 400 million euros being earmarked to this end. The state and social security budgets for next year are on the agenda of today's meeting of the Romanian government, before being submitted to Parliament on Friday to be debated and voted on. The ministries of Defence, Development, Transport and Education are to receive more money, while the budgets of the ministries for Energy, Justice and Healthcare will be reduced. The budget bill also provides for a 10% increase in public sector salaries, a 12.5% increase in pensions and for raising the minimum monthly wage to 3,000 lei, the equivalent of around 600 euros. The Alliance for the Union of Romanians, a nationalist party in opposition, said it would propose amendments to the budget bills, criticizing the fact that while defense and the special services are earmarked generous budgets, education has the smallest budget in recent history. The 29th edition of the Gaudamus Book Fair, organized by Radio Romania, is underway in Bucharest until Sunday. The event brings together 200 participants and a variety of editorial products on different formats for all ages and areas of interest. The lineup features 600 different events. As a first, the fair also has special areas dedicated to interactive activities for young visitors. All stands are also available online on the gaudeamus.ro website. The fair's honorary president this year is poet Anna Blandiana. And the Romanian men's handball champions Dinamo Bucharest are tonight facing the Croatian side RK Zagreb at home in a new Champions League Group A match. Dinamo are currently ranked fourth in their group with nine points from eight matches played. PSG of France topped the group with 14 points, followed by Vesprem of Hungary with 13 points and Magdeburg of Germany with 10 points. According to the sports media in Bucharest, if they win tonight, Dinamo will most likely go into playoffs for a place in the quarterfinals. And that was the news. Ahead of the winter holidays, Radio Romania brings book lovers a long-awaited gift. Gaudamus, the most beloved book fair in Romania, is returning to the format that has established it for over a quarter of a century as a solid landmark of the country's high-profile market. I'm Lokamera Simeon with this commentary by Mihai Pelin. The most famous book fair in Romania returns in a physical format after two years of pandemic. The 29th edition of the Gaudamus Fair, organized by Radio Romania, has opened in Bucharest. Until Sunday, 200 participants offer the public an extremely varied range of editorial products on different supports suitable for all ages and fields of interest, music and educational games. More than 600 editorial events have been announced, including book launches, debates, autograph sessions, performances and workshops, as well as other projects. For the first time, two spaces dedicated to interactive activities for the youngest visitors have been set up within the fair. The honorary president of this year's edition is the writer Anna Blandiana, who said that such an event helps readers and authors discover each other. She spoke about the importance of the public radio station as organizer of the event, Ana Blandiana. I think that even from the very first time I went to a Gaudamus fair, 
when the fair consisted only of few tables with books in the foyer of the radio concert hall, I thought to myself, what a wonderful idea the people at the radio had to start a book fair for the simple reason that book fairs are generally organized by publishers, associations, publishers who are interested in organizing them in order to sell their books. Well, Radio Romania has no interest of this kind. It is, in this sense, the most soulful fair, if I can say so. Actually, I was even asked in a radio interview, what is the difference, in your opinion, between the Gaudamus Fair and other fairs? I had never thought of that aspect, and I remembered this thought from the beginning, that it is a fair that has no material interests, that the radio is just a great cultural institution and that the basis of culture is reading. So the only interest of the radio is for people to read books, said the honorary president of Gaudamus, Anna Blandiana. The role of books increased during this period of turmoil, says for his part, the president, general director of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation, Razvan Dinko. Probably in these moments, with all the threats at Romania's border, with what is happening near us, with what has happened in the last three years with this terrible pandemic which has affected the entire world, people feel the pain and try to find comfort also in reading books. And if they do not have access to other forms of comfort such as art, culture in written form or otherwise that could alleviate these pains, I think that books have an even more important role, said the president of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation. All the stands of this year's edition of the fair can also be found in virtual format on the gaudams.ro website. The book fair initiated and organized by Radio Romania is financed by the Ministry of Culture and entry is free. The European Commission has approved the National Common Agricultural Policy Strategic Plan 2023-2027, under which the Romanian agriculture will benefit from 16 billion euros. I'm Lakamera Simeon, with details in this commentary by Daniela Budu. After more than a year and a half, in which the Romanian Agriculture Ministry consulted with representatives of public and private organizations in the field and drafted 1,900 pages for the National Strategic Plan 2023-2027, the Romanian farmers and Romanian agriculture will benefit from help. The European Commission has approved the plan worth almost 16 billion euros. Of this amount, approximately 10 billion euros represent direct payments and sectoral interventions, and the rest will be allocated for rural development. According to the Agriculture Minister Petre Daia, Romania's plan is meant to improve farmers' means of subsistence and their competitiveness. Romania uses about 40% of its budget for rural development to encourage ecological practices in areas of high natural value in order to protect biodiversity. And in order to maintain the attractiveness of rural areas in Romania, the plan will support the creation of more than 12,000 jobs in these areas with financing for enterprises and infrastructure. Moreover, farmers will be supported to adopt new innovations from precision agriculture to agroecological production methods. 
The minister promises. Petra Daya also stated that the new document includes a support instrument for farmers with losses, by which compensation is granted in case of disasters, the total amount allocated being almost 400 million euros. According to Petra Daya, this support instrument must be implemented urgently through a very strict timetable and the expected completion date is the third quarter of next year. By the end of the year, however, Petra Daya promises that compensations will be paid to Romanian farmers for the drought-affected crops sown last fall. He admitted that the 2021-2022 agricultural year was a difficult one, which put Romanian farmers to the test in a context in which the pedological drought affected the whole country. This is also seen in Romania's corn production, which is the lowest in the last 15 years. Nevertheless, the minister has given assurances that the production obtained will ensure domestic consumption estimated at approximately 7 million tons with availability for export. Things were different in 2021, when according to the data of the National Institute of Statistics, Romania ranked on the first place in the EU both in terms of area cultivated with corn and in terms of production, which was close to 15 million tons. As regards wheat, last year Romania ranked on fourth place in the EU in terms of cultivated area, but also in terms of production, with over 10 million tons, while the domestic consumption of wheat is estimated at 2.5 up to 3 million tons per year. Since 2015, Romania has consistently taken the first place in the EU for the production and cultivated area of sunflower, according to data provided by the National Institute of Statistics. And that was Radio Newsreel. Focus on Romania. Dear friends, Radio Romania International continues its traditional polling of listeners on shortwave, the internet and social media with a new challenge in spite of yet another complicated year. It's been difficult because of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and the war waged by Russia against Ukraine, of rocketing prices of energy, the famine in some parts of the world and also the growing inflation which has turned everyday living into a burden for many people around the globe. We would like to ask you which person you think left their imprint on the world in a positive way in 2022. We are preparing to designate, based on your options, the personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International. Who could this person be and, more importantly, why? Would it be a public figure or somebody unknown to the larger audience but with a special story? It's up to you to decide as usual. You can send your answers by commenting on our website at rri.ro by email at engl at rri.ro on our Facebook profile on WhatsApp at plus 40744312650 and by fax at 0042131905162. We recall that in 2021 we did not have a personality of the year, but people of the year on Radio Romania International as medical workers 
were designated the world's best citizens for being in the front line against the COVID-19 pandemic, together with those who developed vaccines against COVID-19. The personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International will be announced online and in our shows on January the 1st, 2023. Traveler's Guide Hello and welcome to Traveler's Guide with me, Elena Enake. Fortified churches, UNESCO sites, traditional Saxon houses that have been refurbished and turned into guest houses, 600 kilometers of marked tourist routes for hiking and cycling in a natural landscape that people have preserved for hundreds of years. These are some of the attractions of the Transylvanian Highlands, a new ecotourism destination which has recently received certification from the Ministry of Entrepreneurship and Tourism. The area covers part of the territory of Brasov, Mureș and Sibiu counties and is geographically delimited by the rivers Ternave, Hrtibaciu and Olt. The new certification means acknowledgement of the fact that ecotourism is the main form of tourism that ensures the sustainability of the communities here, says Cristina Ana Iliescu, a destination manager. This is a recognition that the Ministry of Tourism has offered several years ago. We enjoy this status alongside another three other destinations. The process itself takes time, is based on quite complex evaluation criteria and looks at the destination in terms of tourism but also in terms of sustainability and care for the environment. The Transylvanian Highlands is also known as the area of Saxon fortified churches. Some important tourist spots here are Sigishwara, Sibiu and Fagarash. It is an area where we still have natural landscapes that have existed for centuries in a balance with human communities. People have built their lives around nature and in tune with nature. The landscape that you can see when you reach the Transylvanian Highlands is a mosaic. That was Cristina Ana Iliescu. This landscape includes, in addition to villages with a typical southern Transylvanian architecture with fortified churches, Saxon houses and Romanian houses and churches, 
a multicultural landscape in a hilly fairy tale area. The area boasts pastures, centuries old trees, and plant species that can no longer be found elsewhere in Europe. Cristina Ana Iliescu. Biologists who come here are absolutely delighted that there is still such a great diversity of plant and bird species. If we talk about roots, the first one that comes to mind is Via Transilvanica, whose Terra Saxonum section crosses the north of the Transylvanian Highlands destination. I think of those who are passionate about biking. We have over 600 kilometers of trails that can also be covered by bicycle. There are routes for all tastes and for all levels. Those who are perhaps not as used to cycling should not be discouraged because there are routes that use the old roads connecting the villages, which are partially asphalted. But there are sections specially dedicated to those who are a little more passionate about adventure and mountain biking. The cycling path that starts in Viscri and reaches Sigishwara gradually descending into the villages along the route is such example. We also have equestrian trails. We have a number of equestrian tour operators and riding centers at high standards. Water sports such as canoeing and kayaking can be practiced on the old river. Birds can be observed at a biodiversity center at Angofa, where visitors can get a glimpse of the work of a biologist in inventorying birds, butterflies and flora in the area. Tourists return to the Transylvanian highlands for active holidays in the middle of nature, but also for local culture and traditions. They also appreciate the local cuisine. Over the past five years, the number of those coming to the area several times a year has increased and the length of visits longer than three nights has doubled. Thus, local tourist operators who promote high standards are encouraged to continue and communities recognize the value of nature and the customs they preserve, says Cristina Ana Iliescu. Visits to local craftsmen must be scheduled in advance because a value of ecotourism, which we try to promote, is the fact that tourism is a component of a small universe. If a craftsman were available exclusively to tourists, then we would turn the area into a museum something we do not want because the Transylvanian Highlands is a living area. The tourist component somehow comes to complete this universe, and that is why visits to artisans must always be booked in advance, ideally with the help of a local guide. Ecotourism aims to support the community as a whole. We want, through ecotourism, to avoid the idea of mass tourism. We want people to spend time, discover, feel and live experiences in peace, as we like to say. The winter holidays are around the corner. Can we think of a Transylvanian Highlands as a winter destination? Cristina Ana Iliescu. Hiking can be done on foot even in winter. We cannot say that we have been lucky enough to have a lot of snow in recent years, but even without snow, the landscape remains an exceptional one. The view above the village of Birtan, the village of Sheikamare, 
take your breath away and is worth a walk to see a bit of the beauty of the colder season. The meadows, the forests are extremely beautiful even in the cold season and even without snow. And if there is snow, even more so. Some of the tour operators have prepared offered for the holidays. Also, customs such as Fugalolelor in Agnita, held during the last weekend of January, deserves to be discovered by more tourists than before. And that was Traveler's Guide. Coming up next... Generation 3.0 Hello, I'm Cristina Matescu, and today we're going to talk about feminism and cinema with Ioana Diaconu, the founder of F-Sides, a film club dedicated to films made by women. A graduate of a master's degree in cultural and creative entrepreneurship from London's Goldsmith University, Ioana Diaconu has been working in the world of film for the last eight years. Am început lucrând la Mubi, care este un serviciu de video on demand. I began working at Mubi, a video on demand service dedicated to art house cinema, and then I started to have my own projects, such as F Sides, the film club showing productions made by women. And I also organized the Bucharest Fashion Film Festival and began working in film production with several local production companies. We asked Ioana Diaconu to tell us more about F-Sides and its intended public. It's for everyone, both women and men. It's a monthly event in which we show only films made by women, while trying to reach a wide audience. It all started in 2020 from the basic observation that in films, especially mainstream productions, female characters are very one-dimensional, being represented either as sex symbols or as caring mothers, for example. So one trait is exaggerated without revealing the complexity of the characters. I believe this is also due to the fact that there aren't many women directors to tell their own stories. Only one in five films is made by a woman, so we wanted to promote films made by women and create a public for such films, not just during our event, but also in festivals, video-on-demand services and elsewhere. Ioana Diakonu told us more about the theme of the third season of the F-Sides Film Club, which was held in November. The latest edition took place simultaneously in Bucharest and Cluj, and we'd like to reach more cities next year, Timisoara, Iași and Sibiu. Each season has a different theme, and the third was about how we cope with the differences between us, whether in terms of gender, sexuality, social class or mental health. In previous editions, we focused on issues such as women's migration, Ecofeminism, motherhood and sisterhood. We're trying to showcase as many issues as possible that women are facing in today's society. The concept of this latest edition was different from previous ones, says Ioana Diaconu. We changed the concept a little this time around and also had guests for each film. We showed the six productions and invited six guests to present the films and talk to the public. Every season we're trying to show films from as many different countries as possible 
and showcase different ways of understanding femininity around the world. We're already thinking about the next season, which will most probably be held between March and November 2023. Ioana Diacono says her hopes for next year involve branching off into film distribution and eventually also expanding into film production. Next in this program, sports. Welcome to Sports Flash with Mila Kamirasimian. At the World Weightlifting Championships hosted by Bogota, Colombia, the Romanian athlete Mihaela Valentina Cambei won the silver medal in a snatch event in the 49-kilogram category. She lifted 90 kilograms, setting a new European record. In the clean and jerk, Cambei had only one successful attempt in the 104 kilograms category, finishing on eighth place. Overall, the Romanian athlete ranked fourth. Six athletes from Romania are participating in the World Championships in Bogota. Four girls and two boys. Let's now pass on to basketball. UBT Cluj-Napoca obtained a prestigious victory against the Spanish team. Joventud Badalona score 98-82 on Wednesday at home in EuroCup Group A. The Romanian champions, who climbed to sixth position in the group, will play in a week's time against the Ukrainian team Prometei Sloboyanske, a team ranking on the seventh place. The game is scheduled in Riga, Latvia. Also in the EuroCup, but in the women's category, basketball Arad obtained its first victory of this season, 87-50 against the Polish team Birozovsk on Wednesday at home. However, this success is rather belated, coming after four consecutive defeats that removed the Romanian vice-champions from the race to the next phase. In Group D, basketball Arad is ranked on the last play, fourth. The team from Transylvania will play its last game in the group next Wednesday against Arka Gdina in Poland. Now we pass on to football. In the Romanian Football Cup this week, the last games of the group stage are played. On Tuesday, Sepsi Svantugheorghe, the trophy holder, and FC Ukraiova from Group A qualified for the quarterfinals. Sepsi defeated FC Voluntar 4-0 and Craiova defeated Petrolul Ploiesht away from home, score 1-0. In the third game of the group in Buzo, Unira, Slobozia and Dinamo Bucharest ended in a draw, free all. On Wednesday, Cefere Cluj and Universitata Cluj from Group C obtained qualification. Cefere Cluj ended in a draw with Farul Constanza in Ovidiu. The game in Cluj between Universitata and Rapid Bucharest ended with the same results. Also in Group C, Dumbravisa defeated Alexandria away from home, score 4-0. FC Argeș and Hermannstadt have advanced from Group D. FC Argeș defeated Universitata Krajowa 2-1 at home and Hermannstadt defeated Kindia Târgoviște and Mediaș 4-1. And that's all from Sports Flash. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk.
Next in this broadcast, it's music from Romania. I'm Cristina Mateescu and today we're going to introduce you to Catalin Maximiuk, a singer from Bukovina in northeastern Romania. Let's begin with a song called Let's Dance. Dacă nu lasă mă pace, joacă lele oruți place, dacă nu lasă mă pace, voi gasi o altă floare, când doi mergi în șezătoare, voi gasi o altă floare, când doi mergi în șezătoare, șor să spare floarele, hai acum noi și Alte flori mi-am găsit, cu ochii ca murili, mai și gura ca florili, cu ochii ca murili, mai și gura ca florili. Vă frumos să-ți puni lumii, voi Little Shepherd is the title of the next song from Catalin Maximiuk.
Our next choice today is one of Catalin Maximiuk's most popular songs called Let the Violins Play. Let's continue with a dance song from northeastern Moldavia. Să o cruțăm, mă! Hop, 
this music program, let's listen to Catalin Maximiuk with a song about the passing of time. Living Romania Coming up next on Radio Romania International In the Spotlight Welcome everyone in the spotlight to a new edition of our show where we approach topical issues on the local, regional and international agenda. I'm Vlad Palgu. Last week Bucharest hosted the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Forum, an event organized by the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center in Bucharest, bringing together key decision makers and top experts from NATO, EU and partner countries. Devoted to the Black Sea perspectives in the age of hybrid aggression and disinformation, the forum was designed to pool the visions and perspectives of NATO, EU and the United Nations. According to organizers, inclusiveness and empowerment of NGOs, academia and businesses are key at every step of the process, from the moment a vulnerability is identified until a solution is designed and a policy is implemented. Consequently, the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Forum provides a platform for voicing opinions 
not just to key lawmakers, but also to various specialists and stakeholders. Over 60 speakers took part in 12 separate panels and side events, addressing the most important areas of resilience as set out in the strategic documents of NATO and the EU. Societal and democratic resilience, resilience to emergencies and disasters, resilience to climate change, resilience to emerging and disruptive technologies, resilience of critical infrastructure such as transportations and communications, and continuity of government. You are listening to Radio Romania International. In her address, Paloma Gonzalez, Foreign Service Officer at the US Department of State, underscored the importance of resilience as a collective effort and hailed the forum's agenda, particularly in terms of giving a voice to vulnerable categories that are most exposed to aggression and thus need to build up resilience in particular. Resilience is such a challenging and complex concept that encompasses such a diverse and broad sets of challenges. And it's really a pleasure that the forum is able to encompass all of these from protecting values, to preparing for national disasters, to including diverse voices without the voices of women and those who are most affected by the issues of resilience, we will never come up with the best plan. So I want to really congratulate you on this amazing and comprehensive agenda. I'm also excited that the United States is able to contribute to the conversation. Resilience is a whole of government effort. It is a collective endeavor that needs to stretch beyond just the United States borders in order to learn from our partners and our allies, including, most importantly, Romania, who has so much to demonstrate and to lead on this topic. We have a long history, in fact, of partnering with Romania. Many of you may know we are celebrating our 25th anniversary of our U.S.-Romania strategic partnership. 25 years ago, in fact, President Clinton stood in Piazza Universitatsi and proclaimed the Romanian people have won the world's respect for moving so far, so fast, and for believing in yourselves and the future. Those words apply so well today. Romania has demonstrated during the Russian invasion of Ukraine just how resilient you have been from effectively managing 2.7 million refugees to fighting off Russian disinformation, coping with cyber attacks, preparing for the unforeseen military scenarios. It has been quite impressive to see Romania's resilience showcased in front of the world. And we will continue, as we have for 25 years, to partner with Romania on resilience, on security, on economic prosperity, and on building our democratic values. Speaking in the opening of the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Forum, General James L. Jones, Executive Chairman Emeritus of the Atlantic Council and former Supreme Allied Commander Europe, addressed the international response to Russia's aggression in Ukraine and the importance of collective security as one of the pillars of Euro-Atlantic resilience. 
Security and stability on the European continent has been jeopardized for the second time in a decade by a regime whose ambitious actions and atrocities herald back to the darkest time of the previous century. These actions have triggered a resolute response by nation states and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization to expand its membership by two states, activate its defense plans, deploy elements of the NATO's Rapid Response Force, and significantly increase the number of forces at critical locations on the European continent. In this era alone, there is a clear evidence of Mr. Putin's incredible miscalculation on two fronts. One, on the invasion itself, and two, on the underestimation of the capability and capacity of the Russian army. These efforts have also revealed the existence of national critical capabilities gaps and the gravity of addressing and closing these gaps to enable both our collective and national readiness and resilience. Strategic defense reviews informed by the significant defense landscape, changes will now drive even more future defense development initiatives and investments. These investments must be all-encompassing and focus on closing the gaps in critical vulnerabilities such as cybersecurity for critical infrastructure, integration of secure 5G technologies into civilian and military networks, and civil military preparedness. Alex Sherban, founding president of the Euro-Atlantic Council Romania, spoke of the Adrian Arsht Rockefeller Foundation Resilience Center, set up by the Euro-Atlantic Council in 2012, which shares similar values and goals with the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center in Bucharest. The Atlantic Council promotes constructive leadership and engagement in international affairs based on the Atlantic community's central role in meeting global challenges. Towards this goal, we have created an essential forum for navigating the dramatic economic and political changes defining the 21st century by informing and galvanizing its unique influential network of global leaders. For over a decade, this has been reflected in a new initiative inaugurated in 2012 with the Council's Adrian Arsht Rockefeller Foundation Center for Resilience. In a way, it is similar and complementary to what the Romanian Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center is aiming to achieve in Europe and the Black Sea region. Arsht Rock is developing and deploying innovative policy, financial, technological, and educational solutions in fighting, for example, climate change, for instance, while bolstering resilience for the most vulnerable among us. Asked how do you define resilience and how critical is resilience in the work of a think tank, our president, Fred Kemp, said, people think resilience is the ability to bounce back, that it's the ability to recover quickly from the world's inevitable shocks and stresses. I think it's the ability to bounce back better. Resilience is crucial in everyday walk of life, and no individual, company, or country can escape stresses and shocks. The question is whether that individual, company, or country is designed not just to survive those stresses and shocks, which is important, but whether one emerges even stronger. We are now called upon today to save our planet and to defend ourselves and our communities against threats to our societies. Our mission is shaping the global future together with partners and allies.
for us, Arshd Rock Foundation and the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center in Romania at their core aim to tackle challenges and threats across the Atlantic community and applying them to a new set of issues of existing natures. And with that, we wrap up today's In the Spotlight. From me, Vlad Palku, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with Mila Primera Simeon. Today's program features Ioan Aradu, who will perform the song It Was Snowing. Foi verde, foi de nalbă Și asta iarnă era iarnă Că era iarnă și ninja Și gheorghiță tot veneam Era iarnă și ninja Și gheorghiță tot venea măi Dar acum e cal și bine Și gheorghiță nu mai vine Să fii supărat pe mine Pentru-n pustiu de iubire Să fii supărat pe mine Pentru-n pustiu de iubire Cât e lumea lung și And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. 
Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821470 kilohertz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>